0: Hello everyone, I hope that wherever you are and whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast episode that you find yourself doing well and that you're relatively sane and peaceful these days, which I find is a pretty good place to be. If COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's that a relative sense of sanity is something we can be thankful for. Um, Today we have episode 45 of Calm Words for Anxious Hearts and our theme at the moment is Advent and on what it means to wait with anticipation and hope and expectancy for our Lord to arrive, not just as the babe of Bethlehem at Christmas, but also as the Son of Man, who will return in glory to bind up the brokenhearted and to heal the world. And I say that because one of the things I'm present to is that when the Lord comes, our lives and our world will then be complete. And that what you and I wait for, in a sense, is a divine completion. And that we often experience our lives in the waiting process as painfully incomplete. And so to explore this theme a little bit further, I want to look at Paul's letter to the Philippians. A reading from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3-11. through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Here ends the reading. So back in, I think it was about 2012, whenever I lived in Houston, there was this beautiful brick mansion that was under construction and appeared to be almost complete. And I drove by the same house every single day on my way home from work, and I noticed it. The foundation had been laid, the edifice built, but the house still needed windows and a door and landscaping, and I imagine a fair amount of wiring and inner beautification. And you know, every day as I drove by, I was curious when the owner would return and bring this house to completion. Well, it only took me a few drives home to see that the project had stalled. Whether the owner ran out of money or the bank loan didn't come through, it's, it's really hard to say, but, but no one was working on the house, and completion of this project clearly would have to wait. And so every day as I drove by the home, I wondered, will this be the day? Will this be the day that the owner returns and completes the good work that he or she began? So here we are, smack dab, in the middle of Advent, a season in which the church asks us to ponder, will this be the day? Will this be the day that God returns to finish the good work that he started? Right? Because Advent reminds us that we are, in fact, waiting for Christmas, yes. For the coming of Christ, yes. But, of course, if we had to boil... The advent of Jesus Christ down to a single word, what is it that we're waiting for really, if we're not going to put it in theological terms? And I would say to use a single word that what we're waiting for is completion. I am confident of this, Paul writes, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Advent reminds us that we are waiting for completion, right? Because far too often, our life feels like that empty house, beautiful and structurally sound, and maybe even on the right lot, but at the same time, stalled and sitting vacant and painfully incomplete. I mean, right? We hear of more people dying from a pandemic, and we hear that news, and we long for completion, We read a political turmoil and a lack of bipartisan cooperation, and we long for completion. Someone we love, or maybe even ourselves, is diagnosed with an illness, and we long for completion. We see a homeless population that is growing exponentially, and we long for completion that is, for the owner of this world project to return and complete what he began. And you know, I think Paul felt the same way whenever he wrote this letter to the Philippians because, suffice it to say, Paul's ministry has stalled. You may have noticed that in verse 7 that Paul references his imprisonment, which, by the way, isn't a metaphor. Paul, like John the Baptist before him, has been arrested. And Paul writes this letter to Philippi because he thinks he very well might die. In fact, As far as Paul is concerned, he is on death row when he writes this letter, and he is coming to grips with the fact that as a missionary, Paul won't get the chance to finish what he started. For God is my witness, he says. How I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ. But what exactly is it that Paul longs for? I think he longs for completion. Now, you know, we all have a different faith story and a different temperament, but in my own life, I was about 17 years old when I consciously began growing in a relationship with Christ, and at the time, I was pretty confident that God was getting a pretty good deal having me on his squad, because I was very devout, I took my faith very, very seriously, and so... I remember the first time I read the Sermon on the Mount and I heard Jesus say, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I am not joking when I say that my default response was, Jesus, now I think I need a little time, three to four months max. Got to work out some kinks, but I'm pretty sure, Lord, I am almost there. But now as I sit in December Missing the people of St. Michael's, missing my friends, missing the way things were at the end of February before this pandemic began, feeling a little isolated and kind of tired from the pandemic, the truth is, I am not almost there. And if I'm being really, really honest with you about how I feel these past 10 months, it has often felt like God has been shattering Whatever foundation the house of my life is built on, not polishing the edifice, because one thing COVID has really brought into clarity for me is that I am unable to complete myself. That completion is not something I can work for, rather completion is something in faith that I wait for. I uh, find our need to wait for completion, humorously expressed by American poet Molly Carr. She was once asked about her conversion to Christianity and the difference that being a Christian made in her life. And of course, being a Christian made a huge difference in her life, she said, because before she was a Christian, she wanted to kill all the people on the New York subway. But now that she was a Christian, um... She only wanted to kill some of the people on the New York subway. Molly Carr is not almost there. I am not almost there. Our world is not almost there. But here is the good news of Advent. God is almost here. And that, my friends, is the good news of Christianity. That in spite of the many ways humanity unconsciously tries to sabotage God's work, And the many hardships that befall us, that despite our vulnerability and our limitations and our fears and our issues, that God has promised to bring completion to our lives and our world, and that this is what we hope for during the season of Advent. I mean, right, that is what the coming of Jesus Christ is all about. God descending to us, not we ascending to God. And what that means is that we are invited, as we wait, to live and to feel the tension of being incomplete in this time of waiting, right? We're not just waiting for a vaccine. We're not just waiting for our life to get back to normal. What we're ultimately waiting for is the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal all wounds, And to bring to completion anything that is incomplete. Because here's the truth of what the grace of God means. If grace means anything, it's that the brokenness in your life, or in your family, or in your body, or in the world, it is okay. Like really, it is okay. And the reason the brokenness you experience is okay is because we believe that God has begun something good in creating both us and our world, and that God will bring to completion in God's own way and God's own time everything, and I do mean everything, that is incomplete. But in the meantime, as we wait, our work is to live in the tension of feeling incomplete. Because what is the church but a group of people who are willing to live in that tension together and to support one another in that fragile and vulnerable place of waiting for God to finish what he started? You see, what makes the church different than the world is not that we're complete and everyone else is incomplete. I mean, if we buy into that myth, we become moralistic and unbearable. Plus, it's a lie. And so what makes the church different than the world is not that we are complete and that everyone else is incomplete. What makes the church unique is that we have a vocation to tell the truth, to tell the truth about our need for completion and to proclaim our belief that completion will come when Christ returns. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. It is the most countercultural thing we say. Our belief, that is, that the owner will return and complete what he started. Christ will come again. And so I wonder where in your own life it is that you long for completion. Maybe it is an illness or an addiction or a vague feeling of dissatisfaction or feeling stalled Where in your life are you a house with no windows, sitting on the same lot, year after year waiting, because only when we know that place in our own life can we offer it to God as a sacrifice and stand the tension of feeling incomplete as we wait in faith and hope and expectancy for Christ to return? Because the alternative, I'm afraid, is hatred. And anger and emotional or physical violence. I mean, right, violence, whether it's emotional or physical violence, is what happens when someone feels incomplete and then blames everyone else around them, demanding that they change so that we can feel different. Think about it. If everyone in the world had the courage to live in the tension of feeling incomplete and supporting one another in that place, would there be war? strained relationships, eggshell work environments. You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but my experience tells me that only people who are willing to experience their incompleteness, who surrender to it because they trust God to complete them, that they alone can experience the grace and power of community. And so here is the question I want to leave you with today. Do you believe... That he who began a good work in your life will bring it to completion? And if so, how might that belief change your life right now? Oh, and by the way, after about two years, I finally saw a team of workers in front of that red brick house and I immediately broke out into a huge smile, and about four months later, the house was absolutely stunning, both inside and out. The owner returned and completed the good work that he began. Do you believe that God intends to do the same in your life? And if so, I wonder, will this be the day? Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us, and because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen.